Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All the while, I just kind of missed getting to make the music that I loved and having the creative freedom to actually write what I wanted to write, say what I want to say, and get that message out. Hey, this is Moxie Ann with MXI, and I'm so thrilled to be on air with Ruby J this week. Welcome to the Ruben J Show. It's Ruben J here in the studio. Another great Monday for you all here. And I'm excited for this week's episode. But before I jump in to how great uh, this, week epi- this week's episode is and how great of a time we're going to have and the wonders that is my guest this week, I wanted to take a quick second, two quick seconds, to uh, say Alter Bridge's new record, uh, Pawns and Kings, is out now. So head over and and download that and listen to that. But also, just as importantly as Alter Bridge's Ponds and Kings record, uh, I wanted just to say thank you to to those of you who have tuned into this podcast. Uh, last week's episode with Miles Kennedy uh, has become the biggest downloaded episode of this podcast, and I'm excited about it. And I think that it set set this podcast up for a great trajectory. And uh, to do a little bit more housekeeping items, I got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. And continuously, and I'm booking more and more and more and more and more. And I think it's going to be a nice run through uh, through Thanksgiving, where I think the week after, the week before, or maybe both weeks, the week of Thanksgiving, the week after Thanksgiving, I might take a little little hiatus, a little break, couple week break. Uh, to recharge. So with that being said, I just uh, I, I just can't thank you enough. So let's get this one going too. Uh, if you are here from the Miles Kennedy interview from last week, uh, continue to share this episode. If you are new to the Ruben J Show, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere else that you actually get your podcasts from because I am on all the major ones but I may not be on your favorite one. So if you're watching this on YouTube uh, and you would like to get a podcast version of it, but it's not on your favorite podcatcher, um, shoot me an email. Uh, my email is rubenontheradio at gmail.com, uh, and I would be more than happy to uh, arrange setting that up for you. And with that, let's go ahead and jump in to this week's episode. All right, so I got a great, great guest this week and uh we have a lot of history and i think that if you are if you are somebody who likes to have conversations or like to listen to people have conversations this week's episode i think is gonna is gonna scratch an itch for you um it's my friend moxie of mxi she is back with a with two new projects She's, she's managing two simultaneous projects, and in this episode, she makes a very big announcement that I think you are going to want to, uh, you're going to want to be a part of. 
So check it out. Uh, keep it locked. And again, uh, head over to, to multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon uh, and start your Amazon shopping. It helps the show out. And of course, dollarinthejar.com where you can get ad-free versions of these interviews. So dollarinthejar.com, multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon. Sign up, help the show out. Let's go. So, the longer we sit here and just do nothing, the less anxiety we both will have. You're so right. So, we should just sit here for like 40 minutes and just like awkwardly stare and see how long people will listen to this for. I think that's the perfect concept for an audio podcast. You know, I I have great ideas every now and then. Sometimes. But only sometimes. And with with that, I think um I think we should just jump into this. Okay. We can do that if that's what you want. You're the boss. Oh, now you admit that I'm the boss. <laughs> and two and a half years doing a podcast where you refused. You know what? <clears throat> that would trigger him. Welcome to You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, tacos, and other things. Oh, we're forgetting friendship? Okay. That's cool. That's fine. We forgot friendship a long time ago, Moxie Ann. <laughs> Oh. All right, let's 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 go ahead and um, welcome to the Ruben J Show. You are up, your guest number dose. Wow, really? Of this particular brand of this sh- this podcast. So, um, I think that the very first thing that we should do is definitely address the elephant in the room. Yeah. And um, this is not an episode of You're My Best Friend, a podcast about life, friendship, and tacos. Um, Although there are still hundreds of you downloading that podcast a year, a year after it went off the air. What's wrong with you people? Get over it. It's over, guys. Come on. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. It was a thing for a year and a half and it never took off. (laughs) Two and a half years. However long it was. How long was that podcast? Close to three years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So, Moxie, why did you decide to end You're My Best Friend? I did not decide. Um, I would like to plead the fifth and uh, and take five. I'm sticking with that. Okay, but the truth is, is that podcast ever coming back? How did I know you were going to hit me with this on air? I, I have to listen. It's not for me. It's not for me. It's for the people. Oh, it's for the listeners. It's for the people. It's, it's for the people. Of course, the people are leaving. You know, the people are rioting in the streets. I don't know. Somewhere for sure. I know that. <laughs> oh, you know who's to say? I'm really not the hands of fate. I am not the deciding factor. I am just one man. You're a man. Universe. Surprise. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my plan is working perfectly here. Uh, Moxian is my guest. She is the uh, lead singer 
of a band that's not really a band, I guess. Yeah. Um, music, you got music projects coming out left and right. Um, I don't know what else we're going to talk about over the next 30 minutes, but uh, who knows? Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, th- this new project you got going on, uh, MXI. It's a derivative of an old project in under a new form. Uh, tell me a little bit about why you decided to bring MXI back and uh, what the future holds. Briefly, you know, don't give me the whole next nine nine years of your life, but what does the future hold for for the uh, the newly rechristened MXI? Man, I wish I could give you the next nine years of my life. That would make it a lot easier. <laughs> Everyone involved, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So MXI, like you mentioned, it is the reincarnation of a little band that was called Moxie and the Influence back in the day. Uh, Moxie and the Influence, we performed and were in existence from about 2013 to about 2016, uh, 2017, if you count the last couple shows that I did myself. And um, then we were on hiatus as we called it, uh, for a couple years while I finished college, got my life together, figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, now now it's back. And it's called MXI, which is honestly what everyone was calling it when we were performing. Like nobody called it Moxie and the Influence. Everybody called it MXI. We just hadn't rebranded because all the music was under a different name. But I decided to bring it back because for a long time, I've been I've been honestly just writing music without a without a strategy to release it without an idea of what I was going to do with it I had just started writing music with some friends actually Jeremy and Brandon uh Jeremy Valentine and Brandon Wolf of the band New Year's Day now they're actually on tour right now with the New Year's Day and I have yeah they are (laughs) yeah wait hold on this is news to me when did this happen Uh, a couple months ago I think maybe a month or two yeah they're actually I think they're in Phoenix right now Wow, good for them. Anyway, back to your story. Thank you. Yeah, so I had written songs with them for a couple years after graduating college. And even before then, I was, you know, working on stuff with them. But I didn't have like a release strategy. I didn't have a goal that I wanted to accomplish or anything like that. And then as time went on, you know, when MXI initially broke up, there were a ton of people who were like, hey, when's the band getting back together? Are you going to do anything again? Like, what's your next project? And I didn't have a next project. I tried out a couple different bands and, you know, they were great, great people. I made great connections, did some cool music and good things, but nothing ever really took off. And um, all the while, I just kind of missed getting to make the music that I loved and having the creative freedom to actually write what I wanted to write, say what I want to say and get that message out into the world of what I actually wanted, what I, you know, what I want to say and how I feel and all of that. And I missed that. And so MXI was really bringing it back was really just kind of born of that. Like I have music that I'm writing and I have nowhere else to put it. So I'm just going to, you know, put it here. That's, and that's, I think, uh, you know, you and I over the years, you know, we were once friends um no more (laughs) some some would say uh best friends whatever that means you would well i mean it's long there's a long history of my reasons why um but i you know i've been able to to kind of watch this process you know as an insider uh, and then for a little bit as an outsider and then as an insider again and i i think that you're at your best when you're able to just do do your own, you know, like I, I've seen you in collaborative environments and I've seen you work on your own. And, and like, 
obviously there's there's pros and cons to both a solo project and an actual band project. Um, but I, I think just as an outsider looking in and the music, you know, journey that you've been on is that you really do work the best when it's you and your vision and what Moxianne wants to do as opposed to what 90 other people who might be involved might want. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about what your, your writing process has been over this last couple of years with your latest release uh, being Dark Side? And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But can you tell me a little bit about your, your, your release strategy, your writing strategy? Yeah, definitely. So my writing strategy, stra strategy, strategy, English, please help. <laughs> it looks a little different now. And honestly, COVID really, it hit me hard. Um, not with medical issues or anything like that, but I, I feel like there were two groups of people with COVID. There was the group that decided to, you know, use all their free time and accomplish things and take up hobbies and get stuff done that they've always wanted to do. And then there was another totally separate group of people who literally just sat on the couch and they were like, I just don't want to live anymore. And I'm just going to sit here and disassociate for two years. And I was in that group. <laughs> I did very little during COVID because it honestly was a much needed break for me from a music career that had started when I was 15 and had not stopped since then going all the way through four years of college. So in a way it was good, in a way it was bad. But that being said, I had a couple songs in the can before I, you know, before we hit COVID, I had about three songs done. And then I took a long break in there. And then as we started to come out of COVID, I started to think like, there are, there are avenues that I can pursue here. There are things that I want to do, things that I want to say. And honestly, more than anything, just being with my husband, getting, you know, I, I got married in the last year and a half. Um, and he has been the biggest supporter of my music and the biggest, you know, this, my biggest fan throughout this whole thing. And he's the one who, when I'm getting stagnated, when I'm not writing and when I'm, you know, procrastinating on getting a song done, he's the one who's like, Hey, what's the progress on that song? Like, I want to hear it. Like, and he genuinely wants to hear it. So he kind of pushes me to do that. And I started to, you know, picking up writing again with Jeremy, um, over the last six months and we've gotten two more songs done. Usually the way it works is because Jeremy is just constantly writing. He writes for some pretty big name bands, um, but he will, he's just literally like, you can't just, I mean, you can't just say that and not name drop. Like you got to tell me who he writes for. Well, I mean, new year's day is like a huge one, but he, they work with some pretty major bands. They have a whole mixing and mastering studio now. Um, it's like a one-stop shop for bands who want to work with a production team. So he's always writing tracks. And usually if he has one that he thinks will sound good, he'll send it to me before he tries to shop it to somebody else. And uh, if I like it, then I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. And then writing process from there basically just looks like trying to figure out what I want to say and, you know, just shedding it over and over until I have exactly the words that I want to say. This EP has been a, a difference in creative process for me. It's been a it's been a challenge and a struggle. And I'm thankful because I'm growing in the process. Definitely. Yeah. And so let's let's also talk about the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, you have this this uh, what I believe you called a collaborative um, yeah. with musicians and the structure of this project is going to be a lot different than what most people consider a band because most people consider a band singer guitar player bass player drummer 
set in stone every now and then you'll have a roster change um but with with mxi there is no real set band the only thing that's consistent with mxi is the m the xi is going to (laughs) be you know well i guess the x too because there's an m and an x in moxie it doesn't really mean anything anymore it's just kind of letters the other oh. thing that 2022 has taught me is you can literally name yourself anything. Even you could use numbers. It doesn't have to make sense. I was really limited uh, in the past because we wanted to go by MXI. And I was like, MXI doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have a meaning besides Moxie and the influence. And then we hit 2022 and there are all kinds of weird ass names out there for bands and artists and like you can be an artist and have a band name and you can be a band and have an artist name none of it makes any sense and it's kind of freeing in a way (laughs) so here's the weird thing is i'm just a podcast host and i have a band name (laughs) yeah i don't know what what is going on in this world that i can have a band name what's your band Uh, name i can't say it out loud just in case uh someone actually has and they might sue me over it that's Um, fair so understandable (laughs) <laughs> so why why did you decide to go with you know a collective model as opposed to trying to find actual bandmates to work with on more of a full-time uh basis yeah that's a great question and this is truly speaking this is kind of a hard one for me to talk about because there's a lot of emotional pain um just from the past years of moxie and the influence and mxi and working with bandmates and such Um, But I mean, being as blunt and honest as I can be, there's too much drama. Um, I worked in girl bands with teenage girls for probably over seven years. Um, And it was really, really difficult. And I mean, I love the girls who I got to work with. I've worked in so many different bands. I worked in like all girl cover bands, all girl bands, everything like that. I love working with women. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And I, I truly do believe that like female musicians are some of the most talented out there because not only do they have to learn their craft, they have to learn how to do it well because everybody's judging them. But I personally, it was hard for me to think about picking up MXI again because of all the drama and all the difficulty and everything that happens when you put four teenage girls in a band and ask them all to agree on everything. And I've kind of learned in the past that, you know, and and as I've grown, I've kind of learned that being in a band is conflict. Like that does create drama. That does create difficulty. And so my goal with starting this again was to be as easy, simple, and drama-free as possible. Um, my uncle has a band, and this is kind of his band model as well. Basically, like, he's in charge. He's the boss, just like you would have at a normal company. And, you know, he's in charge of writing the music, in charge of production, and in charge of shows and everything like that. And then he just hires people. And... Mm-hmm. For me, that was a hard thing to wrap my mind around because especially growing up, you know, I was I was placed into my first all-girl band at 14. And when they put you in an all-girl band at 14, it was it was engineered to be the next runaways. Um, 
I was actually like put into a band by a couple of teachers who I was studying with and uh, Gina Shock of the Go-Go's. She was the drummer of the Go-Go's. They were kind of heading up a project to create the next Runaways. And when you get placed into a band at 14 with other teenage girls, especially when you're coming out of a homeschool environment like I was where you don't have a lot of friends, you kind of look at that and you're like, oh, these are going to be my best friends, you know? I, I'm going to grow up with these girls. I'm going to learn to bond with them. And in, in 20, 30, 40 years, we're, you know, we're going to be just like Motley Crue or Aerosmith or Hart, where it's the same lineup and it never changed. And we're just best friends taking on the world. And uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I think it doesn't matter if you're, a, you know, girl band a boy band you know a band of misfits or whatever yeah i think people forget that lineup changes kind of happen regularly they you do. know there was there was a drummer before ringo and the beatles there you know um blink 182 which apparently is making a comeback they've had like what three different singers in the last couple of decades or at least at least yeah. one other singer um yeah. I, I can think of you know bon jovi has had at least a dozen different guitar players by his side. I think the only band that I can think of off the top of my head that hasn't had like a major lineup change is maybe U2. Yeah. Like, Even yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm not a, I'm not a musician, you know, musical historian. We can have, we can have Brad come on the show and talk about that at some point, but <laughs> I think, you know, Guns N' Roses for a while wasn't even Guns N' Roses. It was just Axl Rose with a bunch of Walmart yeah, knockoffs. <laughs> well, and for me, it was kind of like, how do I avoid drama, make cool stuff that I love, like music and music videos and eventually hopefully playing shows, get to work with as many badass women as I can and be in charge of the whole thing and get to use my authentic voice instead of having somebody else in charge of the creative process. Because a lot of the stuff that MXI wrote in the past, it was all four of us. And I love that. I genuinely do wish that I could find four girls who I align with like emotionally, spiritually, creatively. I wish that I could find that, but it's hard. And not, you know, on top of that, you have to find somebody who you align with, who also has the amount of time, who's also in the same position in life, who has the financial situation where they can do that. It's it's pretty much impossible right now, especially living in a place like Southern California, where the drummer who I worked with for Dark Side, Alexa, she's freaking fantastic. But that girl works her tail off and she does not have any free time. And so I wanted to be able to work with as many people as I could and collaborate on things like music videos, photo shoots, other projects, and also respect their time and give them like expectations up front, let them know exactly what they're going to be needed for, pay them for their time, you know, respect their boundaries, everything like that. I wanted to be able to do all of that and at the same time, use my authentic voice and not have, you know, my guitarist looking over my shoulder saying like, oh, we shouldn't say that. Or, you know, the drummer trying to add in their own thing or something that doesn't match up with the song entirely. Like I, I just wanted to make good music. And the reality is I have a music degree. I know that this is how 90% of pretty much all the popular music in the world gets written right now. It's not, the, you know, this is not a land of four-piece bands taking on the world anymore. That's just not mm -hmm. what it is, unfortunately. Much as I wish it were, it's not. And so I'm trying to, like, just 
and the other the other element for me i know i'm rambling i'm sorry you can cut me off if you need to um, this is what i love hey just a complete side note is i love when guests just keep talking because i don't have to think of another question so keep talking <laughs> i understand i felt the same way when we were in a podcast together <laughs> listen I, I just had miles kennedy on the podcast and the only gripe that I have with that is that he his answers were so short that I had to constantly <laughs> think of another question. So please, this is a nice, <laughs> nice change of pace. Well, the other the other element of this for me was, um, oh my gosh, I had it and I lost it. Well, this it's is what gone. happens. Wow. Yeah, there was another element of this for me. Oh my gosh, what the heck was it? I don't I'm know. Just, It'll come I'm just back. Keep the camera where it's at for now for anybody watching this until you can think of the next element. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't I don't know. The other other part of this, I, I literally just had oh it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. The heck, that's well, so unprofessional. We're gonna be like 10 minutes down the line and you're gonna be like, oh, I know what it was. Uh did it have to do with your schedule? Possibly. Yeah, probably <laughs> that. I think um the other part of it may have been um, i don't know what if it if this is what it is oh i remember what it was okay okay so, hold on, let me reset this okay go <laughs> the other element of this for me was literally just making this as stress-free as possible because um i don't know if you've ever tried to ha have you ever tried to release music all by yourself um no but i did basically run a podcast for about a year and a half uh, where I tried releasing it all okay, on my own. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close enough, right? You're not talking about the best friend show, are you? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> well, I I'm I'm someone who I've never been formally diagnosed with anxiety uh, or any mental disorders, mostly because I have kind of a secret fear that if I'm diagnosed with something, I'll use it as an excuse. Uh, but what I do know, and I know that there's a, I have to, I have to see a psych, but basically um, what that looks like for me is I get intensely, easily overwhelmed at times. And um, I think part of that is also just that I say yes to too many things and I have too much on my plate just regularly. I mean, you know this, um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I get super easily overwhelmed really fast and when you try to release music on your own, there are about 20 different elements that you're supposed to be thinking of at all times. So like, not only am I writing the music, I'm also in charge of the recording process on my own and sending it back and forth to the producer and making sure that it's good to go. And then I need to make the cover art myself, which I did for Dark Side and I, you know, did for the logo. I headed up making the logo and the cover art myself and submitting that to the distribution platform and in charge of, you know, securing good interviews with people like Ruben J. And, you know, Ruben was Wait really... Very, <laughs> Ruben was really helpful actually setting a, a couple of interviews up for me because I just did not have the mental wherewithal to set that up for myself. And, you know, there's the distribution side, there's the advertising side, there's the social media side, which is huge. And thank God I'm also a social media manager because otherwise I would not be able to handle it all by myself. But like, you know, back in the in the day, the label would have six, seven, eight different people just in charge of different things for your music releases. And today, as a as an independent artist under my own record label, technically, um, there's, you know, a 
million different things that I'm in charge of, making the website, inventorying merch, making sure that the giveaways get distributed, writing thank you notes and setting up a link tree and figuring out how to use, you know, a whole bunch of different things and making release videos. Like I made a whole video to announce that MXI was coming back. That took me like five hours. And so one of the getting back to my original point, one of the major components of this for me as well, making the decision to come back as MXI was making sure that it was going to be stress free. And when I would start to get overwhelmed by the amount of things stacking up in my head and the amount of things trying to do, um, I just kept hearing oddly a line from Frozen, which is uh, <laughs> from it's from this it's from frozen 2 but it's from a song called do the next right thing and i just kind of kept hearing in my head like you have so much on your plate but just do the next right thing and for me right now that doesn't look like playing shows and i know that's made a lot of people sad especially when i initially announced that mxi was coming back and it makes me sad too because honestly like playing shows is my first love that's what I love to do. That's why I perform in cover bands, but I can't think about marketing, advertising, distribution, writing, all of the things and promoting shows <laughs> and rehearsals and getting musicians and payment and all of that pre-sales. I mean, the, the live music market in Southern California is a nightmare right now. And especially with COVID restrictions. So yeah. for me, you know, it looks basically right now, MXI is literally a passion project in the truest sense of the word. I'm just writing music that I like and releasing it however the hell I want. And uh, no one's paying me to do it. So no one cares, which is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the thing that a lot of people forget about, you know, especially independent artists, is that there isn't a machine behind a lot of these these artists. And yeah, if you're you know, a Nickelback or I don't know why I chose Nickelback of all bands, <laughs> but you know, if you're, if you're a, you know, a Dua Lipa or, Apple you know, Levine. Justin, yeah. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And, and you have, well, ironically, she was married to the lead singer of Nickelback. So that's, that's what made me think of Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's always a machine behind those artists, but yeah. today you see a lot of these people on TikTok and people assume that there's a team behind them because they're getting the videos viral and they're doing all this stuff. And the reality mm -hmm. of it, a lot of times there isn't, sometimes it's just the singer and maybe a friend helping them out in the background, you know? And I, I think that that's the, the, the ugly truth behind the music business is that it's a lot of work. And yeah. the unfortunate part about it is as musicians, as entertainers, as podcasters, as people who put out content, you can't complain about it. You can't, you know, vent about it to anybody who's not in the business or understands the business because you just come off as ungrateful and like, oh, you got to make music for a living. Why are you complaining? Well, they don't <laughs> understand that that music video costs you a thousand dollars and the mixing of the, the record costs you a thousand dollars or two. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. you know, like, you know, and, and that's if you just do it like, yeah, you can do it mediocrely and find someone to do it for, you know, a hundred bucks, but then, well, yeah, but I want to, you know, you want to make a product that you're actually proud of. Exactly. I'm not in this to do a crappy job and, oh, you know, check out my oh. music. Here's something I have to promote. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 
my gosh. No, but like, I'm not in this to, to spend like, if I'm going to spend $500 on a music video and have it be horrible and I don't want to show anyone, or I could spend $2,000 on a music video and be able to show it to everyone and have something that I've created that I'm proud of. I think too often we're thinking about the finances and we're not thinking about what we're actually passionate about and whether this is actually something that we're going to be proud of in the long run. And for me, I mean, Sydney, my guitarist, uh, you know, from Moxie and the Influence in the past, that was her philosophy when she was releasing her EP. It was honestly just like, oh, I'm not trying to make it big. I just want to release music and be able to say that I did it and make something that I'm proud of. Well, I think uh, I think Dave Ramsey might disagree with the whole um, spend money to spend money, but whatever. <laughs> no one ever accused us of being fiscally responsible. Oh, yeah, we were not fiscally or physically responsible. Well, I'm not physically responsible, but I heard, I heard you have a gym membership now. So um, I think that you steal your husband's. It's okay. I have a treadmill uh, in my kitchen. It's fine. <laughs> that's the most Los Angeles thing I've ever heard. I have a treadmill in my kitchen. <laughs> in a bedroom in your bathroom. I mean, I have that too. They're, no, you they're have, connected. You have- you have a bathroom in your bedroom. There's a difference. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's so LA and New York uh, to have all that stuff. Like anywhere in between. I don't think they understand that reference. So let's let's briefly uh, talk about the other aspect of this, which is you're also going to be releasing music under the Moxian banner. Yeah. Uh, and you released an amazing cover of uh, Hysteria by Def Leppard, uh, and a well-edited music video, like that music video that you put together for Hysteria was just fantastic. I mean, it looked like you spent like a million dollars on the editing of that video alone. Uh, Tell me kind of more about why having, why do you have the dueling brands um, and what's the difference that people can expect between MXI and Moxian? And again, that music video you did was just fantastic. Thank you. Do you want the number of the guy who did that music video for me? I actually, you know, I, I think I have that guy's number. So I think. Oh, we're really? Good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let him know that he owes me tacos. Okay. You know, I heard that you guys had a falling out about a year ago and um, that's. Yeah. No long- so he owes me tacos for life. That's what that. I don't, hmm, I don't know if that's how that works. I think his lawyer would disagree. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I'm glad I talked so long because it gave you time to think of that amazing question. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I have notes of what I wanted to talk about. Just don't ask I'm, to see it. I'm scared. <laughs> so it's kind of the same same philosophy of um, just releasing what I want to release. Um, under if you go to you know Moxie Ann, my profile on Spotify for my solo stuff, I've released three songs so far. I released one song called "The Egg" that was written to um, raise awareness and benefit the uh, protesters during the Hong Kong protests back in 2019. That was definitely like out of left field for me in terms of composition. It's a very beautiful piano ballad written by a friend of mine who has chosen to remain anonymous because he does a lot of business with China. Um, the second release I have on there is a cover of a Moxie and the Influence song called Bella's Song that was recorded live during my senior recital in 2019. And I released that, uh, about two years ago, I think. And then 
Complete side note. Did you ever release the music, like the performance video of that? I yeah, I did. I did. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Whoever did that did a great job too. Such a great job. <laughs> and then the third single I have on there is the one that you just mentioned, my cover of Hysteria that I wrote for um for my wedding with Brad. And we use that as our first dance. Um, the philosophy behind using two different names is honestly just that the music sounds vastly different. For MXI, you know, you can expect like cutting edge rock, um, bordering on the edge of metal, and a lot of lot of tech elements, a lot of synth, a lot of strings, a lot of screaming and heavy and loud and all the things that you would expect from somebody who idolized Amy Lee as a child. Mm. And uh, <laughs> with my Moxie and profile, I've kind of designated that for a long time. I felt really split and I was really scared and I didn't release this stuff that I'm writing for MXI now under my own name because I was like, it sounds really different. It's I mean, it sounds almost like it's two different people. Um, and then it was kind of freeing once I was like, well, I already own the name MXI. Like I already have all the trademarking stuff. I could just do that and then release whatever else I have that I want to release on Moxie Ann and just have both of them going. Again, the goal isn't to go viral. It's not to be super famous or take over the world and be the next Olivia Rodrigo. It's honestly just I have music that I've written and created and I really like it and I want to share it with people. Why would you want to be the next Olivia Rodrigo? Mainly because she's really skinny and beautiful, but you know, other reasons too. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, maybe the, the only thing I think of is like the money um, because I've, I've seen and heard her perform live and she's not that impressive. I, I had a lot to get over and she's also super young. How, how is not she in her teens? 19, yeah. Yeah. I had a lot to overcome with that as well. The other element that I think a lot of people don't realize is that when you start doing music as a young teenage girl, um, everybody basically pressures you and and scares you into believing that if you hit your 20s and you haven't made it yet, then you're obsolete. Um, I had literally I had people on my management team saying that Haley Williams made it at 17 or whatever age she made it at. And if I can't make it by then, then I am going to end up just basically becoming sluttier and sluttier because that's what happens to girls who don't make it when they're teenagers and young and innocent. They just end up taking more clothes off. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant that you'd have to do stuff just to get music produced. I'm like, that just doesn't seem like sound advice at all. Um, but... No, basically, basically what was told to me is you have to make it when you're underage because they can't sexualize you as much then. And then the older you get, the more clothing you end up taking off. Tell it to Ariana Grande. Ari, that's different. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I disagree with the premise of that wholeheartedly. I did too, but I mean, that was, that was kind of what I grew up believing. And especially yeah. like, I mean... Moxie and the influence. I think I was 19 when we played our last show. And for me, hitting 20 was a rough year. And especially, you know, climbing, just going 21. Uh, 21, I was like, okay, this is fine. I could still do music. 22, I was like, okay, this is fine. Taylor Swift, 22, this is fine. And then 23, and, and now I'm 25. And I had a huge mental hurdle to overcome just in feeling like I am now 
in my mid 20s. I'm soon going to be in my late 20s and I haven't done anything worthwhile with my life. And no one's going to listen to me because I'm not a prodigy anymore. And I, you know, I'm kind of carrying that weight as well, which also adds to the feeling of being overwhelmed because if I don't do this fast enough, then I'm going to be obsolete. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny is not to make this about myself, but you know, I've been in my late twenties for a while now. Um, and I'm like about to exit. Years. To my yeah. <laughs> 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think I am? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But I'm about to exit my 20s. And, um, you know, the advice that I've been getting from people in my life now that I'm, you know, close to hitting 30 is now you start realizing, oh, if I don't like the, the goalpost keeps moving, essentially. And if you don't yeah. hit whatever goals other people have for you in your life, then the closer you get to the next milestone, you know, milestone, mild milestone, yeah, milestone age. Miles you know, Kennedy. My, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Miles Kennedy age, but you know, uh, <laughs> you know, like the next milestone, you feel more and more like a failure. But the reality of it is that um, there are people in this world who uh, don't make it until they're later in life, that they don't find, find their voice until it's whatever that perfect song just happens to fall into their laps or the perfect words or the algorithm happens to just pick you up at the right time. Like it's, it's such an interesting time these days because you know, you can have a really crappy song that just happens to hit the algorithm the right way. And yeah. next thing you know, you're viral and, and not, and not in the bad way, like in a good way. Uh, and you all of a sudden have millions of people who follow you. And that's how you ultimately release these projects that you have that make a difference, you know? So I, I, I just, I, I just friend to friend, well, friend to friend. One of us is friend. The other one's friend. I'll let you decide that one, you know, in your own homes. What do either of those mean? That's for you to find out and for me to know. Uh, <laughs> you know, but like as long, as long as you're doing what makes you happy and you're able to pay your bills, whether it's – and whether that – the bills are being paid because you're a social media manager on the side or because you happen to have 20 million downloads on your latest song, whatever it is, it's paying your, your bills. As your bills are paid and you're doing whatever makes you happy. Stop yeah. worrying. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that COVID taught me was that I didn't have to hustle every second of every day for meaningless crap. And, uh, I've, I've gotten to the point where I turn down gigs because I would rather stay at home with my husband. It's like, do I want to go sing at a bar for two or three hours and make 150 bucks? Or do I want to spend the night watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine and cooking a really great dinner and drinking wine and laughing? Like, which one is more valuable to me? And which one is going to leave me more emotionally fulfilled? And I'm kind of trying to take that look at everything in my life and basically just not to use a buzzword but living more mindfully and, <laughs> and and looking at things that matter and things that don't and I think you know before I got married my priority really was making it big getting to live the crazy musician life going back out on tour I, I mean I've been on tour half a dozen times already but like living the touring life. And I have so many friends that are doing that and making all of my money through music. And I'm learning that 
I have supplemental income and I'm good with that. I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with the amount of music that I'm doing. I'm excited that I'm using my degree at all. I know a lot of people who aren't. And bottom line is I'm proud of what I do. I'm passionate about the music that I'm releasing and I'm excited to keep doing it. And for me, you know, I have a happy home, a happy life, a wonderful husband, and that's more than enough for me. Well, I have to break some news to you, Moxie. Yeah. Crap. You already made it, Biggs. <sighs> for anybody wondering, she married a guy whose last name is Biggs. How did uh, I not see that so one coming? I'm surprised you didn't make the joke yourself. I, that, I am too. Wasn't that the hashtag to your wedding? Becoming Biggs. Although, although really, it should have been we made it Biggs. <laughs> you never listened to me. Yeah, That's, for good reason. Yeah, well, uh, let's briefly here because we're running out of time. But, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's both of us. We are, <laughs> we got things to do. Uh <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I, I just I'm curious if you're willing to talk about the EP because I have some inside information uh, that I don't think has been public yet. And if we can break it on the show, obviously, I'd like to break it. But if you do not want to break it on the show, we don't have to. But uh, would are you open to discussing the concept of this EP? Uh, oh, that heck you, yeah. You're planning on putting out? Yeah, I, okay. I honestly, I was hoping we would talk about that because I figured you'd want to break it on the show. And I am so down for that. Yeah. The last thing I broke on the show was my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> about two seconds ago. And it hurts. It Are hurt. you? Okay? Yeah, was like, it when you did? Uh-huh. <laughs> actually, yes, it was. How'd you know? Um, so what? So I, I want to give you the opportunity to announce the name of the EP um, because I don't want to take that thunder away from you. And then we'll, we'll break down the concept. So uh, let me put the camera back on you here for anybody watching the show. Uh, tell everybody why you're calling the EP uh, Breakdown and Boogie. That is <laughs> not what I'm calling it. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. It's been a while since I made you laugh that hard. You know, it that kind of combines like the bands that I work in anyway, because I have a band called Boogie Agenda. <laughs> so, oh man, Breakdown well, and Boogie out spring 2023. <laughs> wow. Uh, should I actually announce the real name? Uh, yes, please, please. Okay, so the name of MXI's upcoming EP coming out in 2023 will be the five stages and uh for those of you who are not familiar with the common term known as the five stages of grief that is the theme of this ep and uh, i'm very excited it's going to be an extended ep with five songs focusing on the five stages of grief and an additional spoken word track that i'm working on right now that's way what? out of my comfort zone for me yeah hold on Hold on. Hold on. This is news to me. I know. Hold Surprise. on to what you got. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference if you make it or not. <laughs> so 
I it, obviously, as you you know, you're probably aware of the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. For me, there was. I am, hold on. I am well aware of the five stages of grief. OK. <laughs> For me, there was kind of a sixth stage of grief. And um, I uh, it, it's one that I have taken a long time to get to. And honestly, I started writing the spoken word track for this uh back in 2019 when i was going through the breakup that i that inspired this whole ep um and i have not finished writing that spoken word track yet but basically for me what it looks what it looked like was the sixth stage of grief for me was honestly forgiveness and you know you'd think that like acceptance and forgiveness are the same thing and they are definitely not forgiveness for me was a a huge huge step to take and one that I didn't fully take until I met my husband and I think that I think I may have given off the wrong impression <laughs> by <laughs> by releasing dark side first <laughs> because dark side is the anger track so uh, the way I'm structuring it is the first five songs are theme uh, thematically about the first five stages of grief so each song is going to have a different feel like there's a very ballady song for the depression one there's a you know conflicted one for the for the denial there's kind of just a power ballad for the fifth one which is acceptance ironically i wrote that one first uh but i think i may have given off the wrong impression by releasing dark side first because everybody's like yeah she's writing angry music now and it's gonna be all screaming and hardcore and blah and even you know i think um i think i ruffled some feathers by not having this be like the traditional mxi material um because Moxie and the Influence back in the day was kind of all about like self-love and confidence and not writing songs about guys. Um, so the anti-Taylor Swift model. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were four teenage girls and we were like, we don't have to write songs about relationships. Like, what the mm -hmm. heck? Everybody writes stuff about that. And for me, this has taken on a larger meaning to where you kind of are going to have to listen to it in the context of this is part of my grief process. This is something that I went through and I'm not releasing this to just vent about a guy. I'm not releasing this to put someone on blast. I'm releasing it because we have a lot of music that tells you how to feel a lot of music that tells you, you know, how is okay to feel or blatantly says like, don't, be sad or don't be you know what whatever like kind of overtly and that's a lot of what moxie and the influences music was was like this is who we are we were torn we had scars these are verbatim lyrics like you know it was it was just kind of overtly like we are strong we are brave we are manifesting all these things by saying them and this we are farmers <laughs> bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. and for me, the process of writing this song has really been more of a holistic journey through what each stage of grief looked like for me. And for the listener, I'm hoping it will be an experiential listening process where you're actually going through and, you know, hearing the way that I process these things, what I was writing as I was going through them will hopefully empower people to look at their own story 
and, you know, look at their own five stages of grief, whatever they're still processing, whatever they might end up processing in the future and kind of, you know, actually take a deeper look at that, take a deep dive and, and go through it and not, you know, just say no to those emotions and try to get rid of them because they hurt because grief hurts. It sucks, but you have to go through each stage in order to make it count. The anger stage is useless on its own until you get to the acceptance and eventually the forgiveness. And um, I hope that I haven't made people think that I'm just an angry person now. <laughs> well, I can attest that you are an angry person. and uh, Only for you, Ruben. <laughs> well, I, I don't blame you. I think a lot of people are just angry whenever I walk into a room. It's more like, who invited this guy? Well, Moxie, I'm excited for uh, the future of your music career. Um, I'm looking forward to your follow-up EP, uh, MXI Takes on AB, uh, Alter Bridge. Uh, Breakdown with- and Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the third one. Uh, <laughs> and I honestly, I'm excited just to see the process of, of what comes next for you, both in the solo uh, softer side of Moxie Ann and the more hard semi almost metal i don't even know what to define it uh version that is mxi um i gotta ask the obligatory where can people find you on social media uh how can people find your music blah 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 all that stuff you know what to do oh yeah all that stuff so thankfully all of my social media branding is fairly easy you can find me at moxie and music that's m-o-x-y-a-n-n-e music spelled exactly like it sounds on all social media platforms instagram twitter tiktok all the major ones actually the only one that i don't have right now is facebook because i recently migrated my facebook page back over to the band page um however That is going to be the best place to follow me. So you can follow the band. It's going to be all things our MXI band. Um, You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, those are all MXI band. You can find us at TikTok at MXI.band. And then my website is going to be MoxieAnn.com. And our band website is MXIBand.com. And, of course, uh, TheBestFriendShow.com. You got to stream it, man. Is expired. (laughs) We got to renew that if we want to keep. We don't have to renew it because people are downloading it anyway. So that's true. Why did we put so much work in? Uh, Because there was a summer where we made like a thousand (laughs) dollars, and then we got banned from our podcast platform at the time. So we just invested all the money and then lost it all. But uh, chalked that one down. It was a weird. Well, yeah, it was the middle of COVID, so and an election, and bunch of other stuff but uh moxie and thank you so much uh for for doing this uh people want to know when the podcast is coming back and um so do i (laughs) so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) there's one person in new jersey who's like yes there's a chance (laughs) why did i pick new jersey i have no idea uh anyway choice well Okay. All right. I'm going to end this before we say stuff that we shouldn't. That's always a good idea. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ruben. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Most of the time. So occasionally. You once or twice. <laughs> like 10 years ago maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Those were good times. 
And that was my conversation with the incredibly talented Moxie Ann. And I will, um, I will tell you this. I am glad I don't have to work with her on a regular basis. I am totally kidding because she's not going to watch this. She's not going to watch this. I know she's not going to watch this uh, or listen to this. But uh, no, wonderful interview. Head over to her Spotify page and download Dark Side. And I can't wait for her EP to drop. Um, and if you would like to hear more of Moxie and I having conversations with multiple different people, we have over 100 episodes of the You're My Best Friend podcast that we did. And they're all available right now on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, all the all the different platforms currently for the time being. Uh, so head over, download those. I know like hundreds of you have been downloading that uh, every month for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, we have plenty more conversations if you want more of that uh, available. But of course, more importantly than any of that, uh, subscribe to this podcast. Help keep us on the air because it's because of the listeners that we're able to do what we do. So I'm going to go ahead and head out. My name is Ruben J. This has been the Ruben J Show, and I will see you guys next week. I got a great guest next week. I think you're going to enjoy it. That announcement is dropping on Thursday. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ruben J and at the Ruben J Show. And um, we'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.